Broadcasting from Hollywood, it's the official On Air with Brandon J podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Brandon. Welcome to On Air with Brandon J. I'm joined by a special guest, casting director, performance coach, Joey Paul Jensen. Joey, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Thank oh, you for having I'm me. doing well, uh, considering <laughs> all things that are that are taking place in Hollywood right now. We'll get into that in just a minute, but it's great to have you on the show. Uh, for Thank all you. of you that do not know who Joey is, she's an amazing uh, mm -hmm. casting director, uh, performance coach. So, Joey, it's an honor to have you on the show. And, uh, you know, it, you're you're coming on at just the right time. Because one of the key topics I wanted to ask you about, since you have more of a, an in-depth uh, understanding, are what is going on with the writer's strike and the ramifications that, that go along with this? You know, um, well, right now, all the talks are at a standstill. So, um, and I, I really don't think the writers are all that motivated to come to a resolution at the moment because they know that very soon the actors will go out and more than likely the directors will go out. And even if the directors don't go out, they're pretty sure the actors will, which will give them in their point of view, leverage um, to be able to get a better deal. I think the studios perhaps see it the same way um, where they feel like, well, hey, if all of them go on strike, then eventually all of them will be hurting and we'll be able to strong arm them more so into a resolution. And, you know, when you look at both sides from, let's say, a 30,000 foot view, um, well, certainly the networks want to be able to produce new content. However, the word on the street is if this goes on for too long, then all the um, reality shows will mushroom more. The competition shows, the game shows, which don't require those union writers and those audiences are growing. So they're, they're more cost effective. They don't take as much as a feature film or, or, or a television series that may be a, a mill per episode or something of that nature. Exactly. And so in some respects, from just a business standpoint, they have a fantastic Band-Aid, but there's a huge piece of audience that wants the storytelling and the original artistry that the reason that this form of media really took off, motion pictures and television took off because of the magic of storytelling. So I just don't think they'll be motivated to really resolve this until everyone's on strike and then there's a long standoff and then they'll come to the table. <laughs> well, I thank you for that explanation because, you know, we hear through the media, Oh, these people are on strike, but getting the perspective in the point of view from somebody like yourself who deals with this on a regular basis, it's just awesome to hear and, and kind of understand what's going on. And I know that the WGA is not the only thing that's, that's, in terms of strikes being the writer's strike. I know that there's director's guild is, is dealing with things. And even uh, rumor has it that SAG will potentially uh, be going on strike as well. And, and I have to say, I kind of stand with the actors and actresses, right. That are 
affected because they put they pour their their soul into this just as the writers do and the directors do into making great great content and and telling great stories so you know it will be very interesting to see in these next uh, couple of months during the summertime for sure and there's a lot of backstory that is supporting where they're at in this negotiation because for any of the writers or actors who've been in the industry for many years, several decades, they're old enough to know what happened in the most crucial element of the writer strike that happened back in the 1980s right. when there was this big disruption and video came in and uh, cable came in and then it was all about what are the residuals going to be and the writers wanted you know what they anticipated to be a piece of the profits and at the time the studios were like well hey you know who knows if this video or cable business is going to take off so we don't want to offer up more than what we can anticipate we might receive and as a result of all of that a lot of the writers felt like we didn't get the best deal they made you know mega billions on cable and on video <laughs> right. And so we don't want to let that happen again. Right. But at the same time, you know, the studios still have that same point of view now where they feel like, well, downloads are decreasing. A lot of these subscription services, people are vacating. So we don't want to offer up too much because we just don't know the landscape, you know, going down the road. So it's a similar time. And, you know, history repeats itself. So the writers are trying to learn from the past. It does. And not just fashion, but in in content, in, in music. I mean, you hear a lot of the same sounds of music that come back around as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that that's something that I can relate to. So, Joey, you know, when when someone looks at at potentially bringing you on board to become that casting director, whether it be, let's just say, a television series or feature film, what are some of the qualifications that must be addressed before you will even consider, you know, signing on to a project? Well, in general, um, I would say that the best, the best formula is that the project is funded because that gives the casting director the proper arsenal, if you will, to do their job. So even though you'd like to think the way an actor's mind runs is like, wow, is this a great story? Is this an awesome character for me to play? It's not really like that. It's a component. But when you're talking about movie stars, their careers are run by their agents and managers. And that's why they're there because actors tend to be so passionate and creative, their tendency to give themselves away sooner or too quick is their downfall. So their agents and managers are there to really protect them from making mistakes and making sure they're going to get paid properly. So they don't like to offer them up unless they know 100% of the backing is there. So for a casting director, they want to know, is the product funded? Um, they want to know, is a director attached? So um, when you have those elements, you have the money, 
you have a director attached who's got a reputation. Now you feel like you have ammunition to really go up against these big agencies to try to say, yeah, I got what it takes. And this is a great project. And so you can really offer somebody a, a real paycheck <laughs> as right. opposed to saying, I have this great project. I think it's awesome for so-and-so because it's just not enough to get the deal done. Right. I mean, I think the proof of funds thing, it, it, and I've seen this with independent filmmaking, right? Where you're producing a film and you, and let's say the potential investor wants to see certain names attached, but it's a catch 22 yeah. because these, you can't get certain names attached until you prove to their representation, as you just stated, that this film is fully fundable and you know, this thing is fully funded and we have the the capacity per se to cast this A-lister in mm -hmm. the film. And I understand the the frustration from being a manager or an agent or even an attorney or an accountant because there's a ton of uh, fluff out there. There's a lot of hearsay and, and, and a lot of people can't back it up. So I think in your position, I think it, it's always more of a of a uh, security per se when you know you're dealing with the major studios like a Paramount and a Sony and a Warner and things of that nature. Oh yeah, um, for sure. I mean, and also if if I got involved with something that really wasn't credible, and if I did that repeatedly, it's going to damage my own reputation and right. it's taken so many years to get to a place where you feel you know the industry's going to respond to your inquiries um you definitely want to be careful that <laughs> you don't take away that weight that took so long to get but isn't it funny how hollywood is right and it's not about what we did yesterday or last year all these great accolades and, and things that we've accomplished but what are we doing today and what are we doing tomorrow? And this leads me into my next question for you, Joey. I know you're working on some some current features right now. Can yeah. you disclose what these features are? Who's involved? How did you get involved? All of the above. Um, so it's it's really interesting because uh, despite the fact there's this strike going on, oddly, it does not affect my process. Um. If anything, it makes my process better um, because to, my process is that I am offering up projects to A-listers to get involved, which will right. then green light the rest of the casting process. Now, typically, what's really difficult about that is even though there's a big percentage of A-listers, there's like a main core group that you know are always, always, always getting offers. Well, if the studios are, you know, not heavily out there producing product because of the strike, then the amount of volume that the agents or managers are servicing right now has slowed tremendously. Right. So that means for someone like me who's out there trying to garner talent, I don't have to worry as much about the bevy of projects that they're looking at. I can get my project read a lot sooner when I'm making an offer to somebody. So it's, that's it's awesome. a really good, good time 
for what I'm doing. So I'm, you're like, bring on the strikes. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm not well, saying that. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, my current project called um, On Fire, uh-huh. we're aiming to um, start filming in September. Um, I can't really say who's attached at this juncture, but um, it is being directed by Sean McNamara, who I've worked with for many years and did the movie Soul Surfer, if you remember the story about Bethany Hamilton, who got yes. her- Yes, and, and Sean was a special guest on season one of the podcast, and we spoke about Reagan and the, uh, yeah. the Hershey's, the Milton Hershey story. Yes. So it, it's, it's awesome to see the dots connecting. So in the tone of Soul Surfer on fire is the remarkable story of John O'Leary, who today is a successful author, an incredible inspirational speaker. However, when he was nine years old, growing up in St. Louis, Missouri, he was riding his bike down the street and there were a bunch of boys playing with a little bit of matches and fire and he wanted to play with them. And they said, no, you're too little, get away. <laughs> right. So he goes home and he thinks, I don't need them. I'm going to do my own thing. So he takes this, you know, gasoline can that has five gallons of gasoline in it, pours a little out in his garage, lights it, and then it gets sucked back in the can and explodes. Oh, wow. And he is then burned on 100% of his body and 85% third degree burns. That's intense. This was in 1987. It's huge news out there. And um, and then at that time, Jack Buck was like one of the biggest announcers in baseball and certainly super famous in St. Louis. So he heard about it. They gave John O'Leary a 0.5% chance to survive in 24 hours. And when Jack Buck heard about this, he went to the hospital and this boy's eyes were swollen shut. He could hardly move. He'd lost three fingers on each hand wow. in the fire. And he heard this booming radio announcer voice saying, kid, you're going to get through this, you know? Right. A, a word of encouragement. Absolutely. And sure enough, he made it through the night. And then Jack Buck kept coming back. And one day Jack came and he brought him a baseball from the famous player, Ozzie Smith, that was autographed. Oh, incredible. He was so stoked. And he said, John, all you need to do is sign your name, write a thank you note and send it back. And John, who was still recovering, said, I'm barely learning how to walk. I can't even write yet. I've got two fingers on each hand. How am I going to say thank you? And he's like, kid, you'll figure it out. So sure enough, he wrote a thank you note, send it off. And what happened is that Jack Buck came back to visit him and kept bringing him more baseballs. So over like eight months and 60 baseballs later, he recovered, he regained his life back. And as time went on, he became a very successful entrepreneur, author, inspirational speaker, and to think that this was a kid who had less than 1% chance to survive. It's, um, you know, it, it just shows how much our mind is so powerful to overcome obstacles. Well, absolutely. The overcoming of the adversity there of the, of the, 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 the uh, temporary handicap, as I would like to call it, based upon this story is it's incredible. I mean, it, it gives anybody inspiration and hope, whatever they might be going through. Uh, to hear a story like this. 
A lot of people will associate my career with faith-oriented stories. Uh -huh. And people said to me, well, what's the most fun thing you like to do? I, you know, I, I really love show business because of the stories we can tell, because the power of those stories can truly change people's lives. And whether it's through humor or dramatic stories that have some sort of unbelievable epiphany, I just think the power of that is incredible. So if I can be a part of stories and real stories that really celebrate the successes of what people have overcome, you know, that's what motivates me to be a part of great, great movie product out there. That's awesome. Joey, what advice do you have for those out there that are, uh, let, let's just use actors and actresses that they're, uh, desire is, is the right word uh, to get casted into the right project how what what advice would you give them to potentially get in front of the right people such as yourself and others so it's such a different climate today than it used to be um, yes and that is way to the performer's advantage so before the pandemic you had to pretty much live in hollywood and have representation that was well-connected. And you still need representation that's well-connected, but you don't necessarily have to live here because auditions are not happening in person. People are submitting themselves on tape and that allows them to save a lot more money and not have to live in expensive California. There you go. <laughs> Hollywood, right California to be exact. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, when I came to LA, we had three networks, ABC, NBC, CBS. So imagine if we only had those three networks today, how much product would be eliminated? Wow. So now, you know, you've got 500 stations, all different ways that you can be seen. And it used to be that everything about your career relied on always being chosen Somebody picked you, somebody liked you, somebody chose you. And your control was really minimal, except to perfect your skills. And of right. course, today you must perfect your skills, but you have so much more power of your over your career. So the real answer to your question is beef up that social media, beef up your own visibility, take control of what can happen to you show your leadership skills, learn more about production, writing, and do it for yourself. And you will bring it to you. So just like one of my favorite movies that Kevin Costner did, <laughs> if they build it, they will come, right? Right. If they build it, they will come. And that's, that's really the story. That's how it works. Speaking of Kevin Costner, I, I know you're doing some stuff with Paramount. And, and when I when you said Kevin Costner, I thought about Paramount. I thought about Yellowstone. What a great yeah, yeah. series, just Incredible. phenomenal series. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I aspire to be a little like John Dutton <laughs> one day myself. <laughs> so uh, this this film that you're working on, uh, Bow, Artists at War, can you give us a little insight? What's it like working with Emil Hirsch and, and others regarding this film? Oh, wow. So 
this is a cool story because I started working on the film in 2019 before uh-huh. the pandemic. So it's weird. Like nothing stops casting. <laughs> not a writer's strike and not a pandemic, right? I worked through the pandemic trying to attach the stars to the film. And it was through that whole time to be able to get Emile Hirsch attached to this movie. Right. And it's a World War II film. It is a Holocaust film. And if you remember Schindler's List, mm-hmm. there was um, a scene where Spielberg shot this young, young Jewish couple in the camp getting married. And it was just to show that nothing stopped them in the camp. Romance was alive despite the torture. Amazing. This this story uh, focuses, right? And this story focuses on that couple for real, Joseph Bao. Um, He was an artist and a forgerer who actually was the artist behind Schindler's List. He created the fake identities of the Jews who were allowed to leave the camp and work in Schindler's factory. And then little by little, they were able to siphon those people off. They were able to leave Poland and Germany because their IDs showed them as different people. And that's how they eventually were able to escape. And although the full accolade is to Schindler, who, of course, wanted to help, but he, too, had a business motivation to make as much money as he could with his factory. And if it wasn't for Joseph Bao creating those forgeries, all these people's lives would not be saved. So it really tells that true story. And then how eventually he and his wife met up after the war, because they were separated after they got married and they met up um, in Israel after the war. And then like 40 years later, the uh, this lawyer came to him and said, would you testify against the Nazi uh, officers in a trial in Vienna? And so he had to think to himself, do I really want to relive my life from 40 years ago? When Right. That That's a that's these, a tough decision to all make. These guys are 40 years older. It's a lot. And so that's what the movie's about. His contemplation of how much do I want to relive my past and bring truth to justice. Wow. I, I I can't even imagine having to make a decision like that. It's almost like having to go back in time and forgive those that have done you wrong. And it's like, oh, do I really want to revisit this trauma? But I think there's a healing, a, a natural healing that comes from that. So I'm excited to see both of these features. And the one you just mentioned uh, is being distributed by Paramount, correct? That's right. Yeah. Amazing. Joey, I need to get on your payroll because you know what? You're like an essential worker, right? It doesn't matter if there's a strike or anything. You are good to go no matter what. And and that's a great position to be in. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel very blessed and um, want to, no matter what, try to keep all momentum going because, you know, I, I think most people realize in all of hardship, entertainment has always flourished. Yes, it has. Even in the Great Depression. I mean, Gone with the Wind. I mean, look at what Gone with the Wind did years ago, way before you and I were even 
thought of. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, along with my mantra of being a Uh great storytelling in this industry, I, I feel really strongly about trying to keep that momentum going no matter what the headwinds are. So, you know, it's a great thing. There you go. Joey, where can we follow you on social media? JoeyPaulJohnson.com. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Casting director, performance coach, Joey Paul Jensen. Joey, thank you for being a special guest today. I really enjoyed picking your brain about a few <laughs> things that are currently happening, current events that are taking place in Hollywood. So thank you for your perspective. Congrats on all of the new success that is on the way and definitely keep us updated on what you have coming up next. I sure will. Thank you so much. Continued success. Yes. Joey Paul Jensen right here. I'm, I'm Brandy. We'll see you next time. Goodbye for now. Hi, I'm Adele. I love playing live. I love the rush. I like feeling at home. I feel really at home on stage. I like people leaving my gig being really pleased. Hey, y'all, it's Chloe. Hi, this is Chris from Coldplay. It's Doja Cat. Hey, what's up? This is Dave from Glass Animals. Hey, what's up? It's Jay Balbin. Hey, it's Billie Eilish. What's good? It's Lady Gaga. Hi, it's BTS. What's good, everybody? It's Bozzy. Hey, y'all, it's Libby D. This is the worldwide premiere of my single, Take a Number, in the mix with Brandon J. To block this call and all future calls, press 7. You made me Uber home and now you blowing up my phone. Yeah. You in love all the time. Now you want me back, no surprise. See right through the shit in your eyes. Got a word from me, I'm the prize. So hot, so posh. Now you trying to get in my life? Don't you make me wake up to another face.
is Brandon, and you are tuning in to On Air with Brandon J right here on iHeartRadio. From the time you went to Paris the last year Acting like you're still there All your stories telling stories Showing you're so happy But you're just selling tea I think you've peaked In your airplane seat Snap those angel You've shown your ass at least a thousand times Each took a thousand tries All the polish you go through But you need more than likes Just make your OnlyFans live I think you've peaked In your airplane seat Snap those angel wings Cause she toxic Got me by string, she a locksmith Let her take a swim in my pocket, so yeah I ain't messing with her if she childish If she childish Got me catching feelings, baby, how you do it? Love the way you ride it, put your back into it Said you want a guinea, put you in a urus Good girl's overrated, yeah I only fell in love cause she toxic Yeah, She done fell in love with how I pop it that's where it makes you switch the topic Oh no, she wanna get with me, I keep it solid Cause they with me and get to wild The way you bend it back, girl, you know what you doing Yeah, that body talk to me, and you know that I'm fluent Yeah, shawty's gold, and she got a hold on me Crazy, I know that I only fell in love cause she toxic Got me by string, she a locksmith 
Let her take a swim in my pocket, so yeah I ain't messing with her if she childish If she childish Got me catching feelings, baby, how you do it? Love the way you ride it, put your back into it Said you want a guinea, put you in a urine Good girls overrated, yeah Only fell in love cause she toxic Bad bitch, pull up on me Always that no business, so she stood up on me Take control, she play more games than Sony Sometimes I think she love me, but she want my money Wonder why I end up on the block list, oh no So sweet like activist, she toxic, oh yeah I think it's yoga and Pilates She said, boy, you know my body, oh yeah Who brought the G6 to the party? She wanna get nasty like it naughty You with the huncho, baby, you turn to a trending topic You a good girl, know you lying cause you so toxic Only fell in love cause she toxic Got me by a string, she a locksmith Let her take a swim in my pocket, so yeah I ain't messing with her if she childish If she childish Got me catching feelings, baby, how you do it? Love the way you ride it, put your back into it Said you want a guinea, put you in a urine Good girl's overrated, yeah Only fell in love cause she toxic If you have not followed me on social media, make sure you follow me on all social media at I am Brandon J. And if we are not connected on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Brandon J. Each episode, we're going to feature brand new content with purpose behind it. News from Hollywood execs, artists, talent entertainment news you name it all things hollywood right here on on air with brandon j oh we need some time to be alone to reflect on life and what we've done oh we need some time to be strong to be strong for you and me Sometimes I sit and cry Wishing for someone to hold me tight Tight How can you go on feeling strong? Lonely, lonely, so lonely, lonely 
Instagram at I am Brandon J.